Welcome to Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm Bob. And I'm Phil. And we welcome you to our podcast. Welcome to Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm Bob Mossing. Um, I'm here with Phil Mosier, and we are here doing a podcast on fleet safety. I have 22 years in the fleet industry managing government and corporate fleets, and I have paid close attention to uh, safety programs that keep our drivers safe and reduce costs and reduce accidents. Phil, want to talk a little bit about you? Um, yeah, my name is Phil Moser. Um, I started in driver safety uh, as a police officer. I'm uh, trained in the field of motor vehicle crash reconstruction. I've investigated thousands of crashes in my lifetime. I've been involved in the fleet safety industry for, for decades, about four decades. Uh, it's my passion, and I hate crashes. And that's great. And that's exactly why we're here. We're trying to reduce the number of crashes that are happening on the roads today, especially in the fleet industry. Um, so, Phil, you know, how, how, did, how did we decide to do this? Well, I think Bob was uh, actually, um, we were at a, a driver conference, a fleet conference, and you and I were, I think, having a beer and we, <laughs> we got discussing. And I think it was actually, uh, you came up with the idea, you know, we should do a podcast because we were just doing what we do typically when you and i get together we start talking about fleet and safety and uh, i believe i mentioned to you that well i'm a lifetime fleet safety geek and you said that's it you should do that and you uh you, you came up with this and here we are i thought it was a perfect name for a podcast that's right so you know if 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 we're going to have a, a a podcast you know usually there has to be a good reason so um Obviously, reducing accidents in our industry is is very important. You have some recent statistics about accidents um, post COVID that are kind of shocking. What what have you been reading? Yeah, they're alarming. So, National Safety Council came out with their statistics, and it shows that the number of fatalities just in the U.S. just in the U.S. alone uh, are over forty six thousand. That's a nineteen percent increase from two thousand nineteen, and this is all going on when driving was down. And, and you know what? And driving is still down a good portion because there are a lot of people who are working hybrid schedules. So they're not going into work every day. Maybe they're working two or three days in the office. So the, the amount of driving is still down. And it's also up at a point when our vehicles are safer than ever with the advanced driver assistance systems, uh, ADAS. Um, you would think that the number should be going down. It's gone the opposite way. Yeah, and I said post COVID, I probably shouldn't even say that since technically we're still in it. As you said, we're still in a hybrid model. There's less drivers on the road. But when COVID did start, there were still some people out driving. There's still some people that had to go to work, and it's like they had the road to themselves. Um, you know, they were probably driving faster. They probably had less care. There was less traffic. Do you think that has any impact on maybe what's happening now that more people are on the roads again? Yeah, so it's absolutely. Dri driving uh, is a series of uh, habits that you develop. I mean, from the first time you sit down behind the wheel, you begin to develop your, your, your driving habits. And some of those are safe, but a lot of them aren't. And one of those habits is speeding. And I believe what happened is when the shutdown happened, there was less traffic. People increased their speeds. Um, Bluntly, speed kills. Uh, for every 10 miles per hour, over 50 miles per hour that you're traveling, your, your risk of not surviving the crash doubles. For every 10 mile per hour 
10 miles per hour of travel over 50. So it gets to a point where it's just not survivable. Uh, and I believe that people picked up the speeding habit and they're still doing it. There are any number of reasons. I came up with eight different reasons and we can discuss those and they, those could be podcast, uh, um, you know, talks that we can have uh, on each one of those. And we're, we're in a really difficult situation as far as driver safety right now. I haven't seen numbers like this, my goodness, for many, many, many years. We were doing so well and we've lost it all. It's, it's a shame and it's, it's affecting a lot of people. Yeah. And I could have you rattle those off, but as you said, they could be, um, each one could be a, a podcast subject, right? Which, which we're probably going to, you know, talk about some of those. Yeah. yeah. But certainly, you know, now that there's more cars on the road, um, the use of cell phones or any handheld device or any type of distraction is probably um, a leading cause of accidents right now. Wouldn't you say? I would say so. And again, I believe that cell phones are addicting. I believe that the cell phones uh, or electronics were their only, for a lot of people, they were their only contact with the outside world during the COVID shutdown. And um, they're addicting. And if you don't believe me, I mean, just uh, have you ever walked out of your home without your phone? I mean, people will, you know, turn around and drive back five miles to pick up their phone, even though they're going to be coming home in like another hour but they can't be without it. Those things are addicting and they have not put them down and they're driving and it's, it's causing risk. It's causing a lot of distraction. The key to safe driving always is paying attention. Absolutely. So this podcast is kind of serving as an introduction to what we're going to talk about. And I can tell you that uh, for everybody who might be listening, hopefully there will be a few. Um, our, our first episode uh, past this introduction we're going to have a special guest on who actually talked about that very subject. Um, Tasha Hairston Spring has a uh, very interesting story that she would like to tell um, about how she was addicted to her phone and the experience that she has and what she's doing now to um, try and avoid um, having any kind of uh, addiction to a phone or using a phone while driving. She's kind of dedicated her life to fleet safety. So that's going to be a really interesting um, uh, podcast, I believe. Um, so there's other distractions, you know, um, the vehicles that, that are getting built today are um, uh, pretty, pretty advanced. Absolutely. I mean, you need a, an electronics degree just to, uh, you know, turn uh, program a, a station on your radio. Uh, and, and here's the thing. And, and I was having a discussion with somebody the other day about this. So if you have to play with your touch screen and just to, make it warmer in your car or cooler in your car and you're driving down the road what's the difference between that and texting yeah that's and if point. you're texting while driving every study that's been done shows you're 23 times more likely to crash so what's the difference you have to make those adjustments prior to starting to drive but uh people aren't aware of this and and i, I think that's what what tosh is going to talk about i think is so important so important that the, the message has to get out there but I'm afraid the genie's out of the bottle with electronics, you know, as far as people being distracted by them. Oh, yeah. No, I would agree. I don't think that any manufacturer is going to go back on some of the technology that's going in the vehicles. Um, but I think you're right. We need to change uh, our behaviors on how we um, adjust our audio and climate settings before we start moving. Right. Well, um, 
so really, this is really just talking uh, about why we're doing this, um, a little introduction on why we are even eligible to talk about this. Um, some of the uh, topics that, that we've kind of scratched out on paper, um, you know, go from, you know, distracted driving, which will be our next episode, um, I think is probably a very important one and why we should have that one right away. But, you know, also um, aggressive driving, um, you know, like you said, speeding, speed kills um, as people are driving on the highway. And uh, if they feel that people in front of them are going too slow and they're going to weave in and out of traffic and speed and go through traffic, that's, you know, going to be another, you know, cause of a serious accident. Absolutely. Um, and, and the thing with speeding also, there, I mean, it's such a two-edged sword. Um, not only, you know, it, it gets to a point where you can't react in time, depending on your speed. You're just not humanly able to react in time, and it's just you're just going to crash. So, uh, yeah, that that's important. And and just people disregarding not only speed limits, but then the suggested speed signs on curves and things like that. They're running off the road. So these are all speed related crashes, and people need to slow down. So that that'd be a very very good topic. I think that we need to cover. Yeah. When we were at a conference and having a chat over a beer, you brought up a really neat topic um, and one that I hadn't thought about, but um, could be pandemic related, could just be our everyday life related. Um, but people are kind of self-medicating and we live in a country that's um, uh, opening up the legality of, um, you know, marijuana. And and is, do you think that that's something that we should talk about and impacting the, the roads today. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. I mean, it, it has to be talked about. So I, I believe that everybody would agree that um, as a result of the uh, pandemic shutdown, a lot of people uh, had some mental health issues. We're in a mental health crisis in this country. And I believe that people started self-medicating, whether that be with alcohol or drugs, illicit drugs, over-the-counter medications, even prescribed medications. And then you couple that with the fact that marijuana use is being normalized. And I don't care which way you fall down on whether you think marijuana should be legalized or not, but what I do care about is impairment. And and I think during that, when we start discussing that, we're going to have to talk to, talk to the fact that... Uh, companies that have fleets of vehicles are going to have to address that in their policies. And they're going to have to address it as far as, um, you know, what their driver's requirements are with regard to uh, sobriety testing and things like that. Um, You know, many companies have policies that say that if you refuse a breath test or blood test or urine test for alcohol, that could be, uh, you know, uh, a terminable offense. Well, uh, are you going to do that now with uh, with marijuana and uh, and and the the tests that uh, law enforcement are you know are using to detect uh, marijuana impairment? So um, a lot of people aren't aware of this, and um, well, maybe we can help them um, with with uh, being a little bit more educated when it comes to uh, marijuana use and driving. Yeah, I agree. Um, in my experience, in the companies I've worked for. Um, the use of marijuana in a vehicle kind of falls under the um, no alcohol or drug use policy for the company. Um, and it's inter- it's going to be interesting to see how other companies um, manage that. Yeah, all impairment, yeah. right? I mean, so it has to be all impairment. And, and, and when I say all impairment, I'm even talking about the antihistamines you pick up over the counter. You know, um, 
there are cases where people were just high on antihistamines and they crashed as a result. Uh, but um, I'm also though uh, what what I don't I don't think many people who are in charge of fleets are addressing as the fact that um, the the testing and what are what are they going to require their drivers to do as far as uh, compliance with testing? So they have the um, the officers who are trained in marijuana detec- detection through just field sobriety testing. So are they going to require that their drivers participate in that if they're stopped for suspected impaired driving due to marijuana? Um, it's going to have to be addressed. And it's going to be very interesting how this all uh, breaks down. But I mean, I know it's, it's going to sweep across the country. Every state will have legalized marijuana at some point, and more and more and more are. I'm talking about recreational uh, marijuana use. And the states who have uh, already uh, have laws where recreational marijuana use uh, is legal, the, the crash rates as a result of marijuana impairment have, have just exploded, and who didn't see that coming. So it's going to have to be addressed by, by organizations that have fleets of vehicles. No, I absolutely agree. Um, it'd be interesting if maybe you have a contact um, who could be a guest and and talk about that from either HR perspective or a legal perspective because I think that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I probably could uh, find somebody. Yeah, I have enough uh, <laughs> contacts. I've been around for a while, Bob. So <laughs> I think we could probably find somebody who would give some uh, shed some light on this uh, from a perspective of a person who manages a fleet uh, and and uh, their their driver requirements. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, that's a great segue too about how we've been around for a while. Um, still have a lot of drivers on the road. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm right behind you, but um, a lot of our drivers on the road, uh, especially in big rigs, are getting old. Um, who's going to replace them? You know, we're going to have young, yeah, 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 young, inexperienced drivers in in big trucks. How's that going to, you know, play out? Yeah, and we, I mean, there is a truck driver shortage right now, and I believe what's going on also, and I think what's contributing some of the horrendous numbers that we're seeing with these collisions, and I'm not blaming it all on commercial drivers, but I believe there is a shortage of commercial drivers, so I think some uh, some companies might be fast-tracking those drivers to, uh, to, to start driving these rigs. Now, Personal background here. My dad drove tractor trailer coast to coast, and he put in millions of miles. And that man was a truck driver. That guy could put a tractor trailer where I wouldn't be able to put a Volkswagen Beetle. I mean, he was an amazingly good driver. Had multiple million mile awards for safety, uh, and he knew how to drive it. His truck had 15 forward gears. Well, you know, a lot of tractor trailers now. You know, a lot of these trucks are automatic. Um, you know, a 16 year old kid get in there and put that thing in gear and drive away. Now that's, that's an issue. That does not lead um, to showing any experience. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think there are inexperienced and maybe people who are lacking skills operating some 80,000 pound vehicle and it's they they are causing problems just uh, a few months ago, just in the area where I live over a weekend, there were th- three collisions that where six people lost their lives uh, on local interstates near where I live. And that was um, uh, all three collisions involved commercial vehicles. 
So I'm not, again, I'm not blaming everything on commercial vehicles. As my dad used to say, those two wheelers pull out in front of me. They think I can stop like them. Uh, so they're, you know, people who are driving cars and, uh, you know, uh, light duty vehicles also have an obligation to be safe. But I, I, I do believe that there is an issue with uh, a lack of experience and training for uh, people who are getting behind the wheel of these very large commercial vehicles. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, we don't want to blame, you know, all the commercial fleets or the drivers out there, but looking at a root cause, you know, obviously having an inexperienced driver behind the wheel could be a contributing cause. But like you said, anybody in just four wheels, you know, doing something stupid in front of that truck uh, can contribute with that as well. Um, the truck does more damage and that's usually where the deeper pockets are, unfortunately, which contributes to higher insurance rates for everybody. So yeah. That one's going to be an interesting topic as well. Exactly. You know, um, as as we continue doing these, um, I'd love to get a fleet manager on this podcast who's had a lot of success um, running a safety program within their fleet. Um, kind of share their story and, um, you know, what they did. And I think it would be nice to hear uh, kind of a, a, a real-life story of something. So hopefully we'll have someone who will, you know, jump up and volunteer. Um, or if we know somebody um, personally, I think I run an amazing program, but I don't want to interview myself. So <laughs> <laughs> that would make an interesting podcast. I no, yeah. You yeah. Answer, ask yourself a question and then answer it right away. That'd be... <laughs> I think there's a uh, psychological term for that. and We're not going to get into that. <laughs> Um, a couple more topics that we talked about, um, and this one is my favorite, you know, background checks for drivers running MBRs and, um, uh, two words that is always fun to say, but negligent entrustment, um, that's going to be a huge one, you know, especially in, in a society where we have lots of, um, high insurance costs because of insurance payouts. Um, we're in a litigious, you know, uh, uh environment these days where people like to sue. Um, we better be really careful who we're putting behind the wheels, especially if we're aware of any uh, of their history. Exactly. And, uh, you know, a background check has to be done before you hand over the keys, right? I mean, you have to make sure they have a valid license and you don't have a long history of collisions and serious violations. So uh, it's, be, it's extremely foolish not to do that. But here's the thing. Once you run the background check, you better be prepared to do something about it. So you have to have things in place, policies in place, trainings in place to make sure that if you do have a problem driver, that you are addressing that. And I always, I always say to people, why would you hire a major problem? Well, they're a good guy. That's a good guy. <laughs> or they, you know, she's a really good salesperson. Well, why would you do that? Uh, I think you're just, it's exposure, and you mentioned the negligent entrustment uh, issue, and I'll tell you, um, all you have to do is turn on off-hour TV, and who do you see advertising? If you've been injured in an automobile crash, I can get you money, and if I can't get you money, you don't have to pay me. The, con you know, the uh, uh, contingency fee basis, uh, you know, the, in, in not, in, unless they... Uh, win the case, then they don't get paid. So they sure do go after it. And the society we're in is an extremely, extremely litigious society. Yeah. If you're driving on a, a, a fleet vehicle and they find out you're in a fleet vehicle, just stand by. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, you will be. You will be. You will have papers served on you. <laughs> that's uh, pretty much a given. Yeah. Um, when we were looking into uh, background checks where I work, um, we found that there's not a standard in the industry. Um, but I think the important part is is if you do come up with a policy on um, how far back you look and and what you look for and the decision you make to bring someone on board, you at least stick with it and are consistent um, and don't make exceptions from that rule. Because um, that's where I think the uh, uh, lawsuits will come from if somebody is involved in something. So it'll be interesting to talk yeah. about that topic. That's, that's going to be a great one, Bob, because... Uh... Yeah, uh, if if you just deviate from your policy even a little bit, just throw it in the trash, redo it because um, you've set a bad precedent. And they find out everything in a civil litigation. Uh, the joke I always make is that they, you know, they say, "Well, you know, I found their kindergarten records. See, they did not play well with others." <laughs> you know, and, uh, if it goes to jury, I mean, my goodness, I, I've I've seen it. I've had to go to court uh, a number of times because of my background and. It is amazing what they will find. They will find every email. Um, they'll find every scrap of information on you. Going, I mean, going back into, and you think I'm making this up, but back into even your high school days, uh, they'll look for any pattern of bad driving whatsoever. And uh, so background checks are just extremely important. And then continuous checks um, of the driving records. Um, your policies just have to be strong on this. Back to the notebook and adding that chicken scratch on there and looking at running MBRs for hired drivers and monitoring. We'll have to add that as a topic. Right. Um, you mentioned earlier when um, you started talking about, um, you know, people are back on the roads, you know, hybrid model, more and more people driving, and we're still having more accidents. You mentioned ADAS. That's Advanced Driver Assistance System. Is it really our friend, I think, is going to be a podcast episode that we talked about, that we're going to talk about. Um, you know, technology is good, and there's good things coming from um, from this technology. Um, you know, who's on your blind spot? Who's in the lane next to you? Who's behind you? Is there cross path coming? Uh, are you not paying attention? Is your vehicle going to stop for you? Um, is ADAS really making us better drivers? I'll be blunt, and I think people who listen to our podcast might find out, Bob, that I am a time times blunt. I think that ADAS will can make drivers lazy and stupid. And the reason I say that is I believe that people become over-dependent on their, on their uh, systems, on their safety systems. Those are there to make you safer. They're a supplement. They're not, they're not supposed to uh, replace your good and safe driving habits. They're supposed to supplement them. They're supposed to, you know, uh, just be another tool to help you be safe, to help you get home safe every day. And I believe that drivers are becoming too dependent on that. And that is a great topic. And I think we're going to have to address this. And, and there's, there's a number of reasons why. I mean, if you don't put the ADAS on your, on uh, your uh, organization's vehicles, well, then do you have a negligent entrustment issue there? And so attorneys say, well, if you had had forward brake assist, my client wouldn't have been hurt. You know, it would have stopped. Well, if they find out you made a financial decision not to have that on, well, then, you know, you have an issue with that. But then if you do have that, does the driver now think, well, I can eat, I can read, I can text, I can do whatever because, hey, it will stop for me. 
so in that sense, I think that, you know, ABS was supposed to eliminate rear-end collisions, and studies have shown, that, and there were a number of studies, one of them in Germany, which showed that people who had an anti-lock brake systems on their car when they first came out actually drove more aggressively because they thought, well, it will stop me quicker. Well, it doesn't. So uh, I believe that drivers need to be educated, and organizations need to make sure that they have, again, policies in place. Do not turn off the technology. But I'll be honest with you, Bob. I wish we didn't have to do this podcast. I, I said earlier, I hate crashes. Crashes ruin lives. I wish that every vehicle spoke to every vehicle. I wish that uh, everything was autonomous and we could just program the vehicle to drive us safely to a location and drive us home safely. That would be wonderful. I wouldn't have to worry about my grandkids driving. But we're a long, long, long way away from that. And I believe that people think that we're a lot closer and they can just depend on their ADAS to take care of them. And that's foolish. It's just, it's just simply, it's simply dangerous and foolish. Absolutely agree with you. Whenever we talk about the technology that's on our fleet vehicles, we always tell the driver, don't rely on it. You're still responsible um, as the driver behind the wheel. Um, and I think that a lot of people are getting away from that, like you said, and and relying on a system that's just not quite there yet, but is just meant to be a, a supplemental tool. So. Yeah, that's that's going to be a, an interesting podcast. I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully we can, um, you know, uh, maybe get some uh, some feedback from people on that one too. So, you know, Phil, one of the things I remember um, knowing you for for so long, um, you mentioned something during a training session, and I loved it. I thought it was awesome, and I want it to be an entire podcast um, because I think about it all the time when I'm driving. Anytime I'm going down the road. And I see someone, you know, coming up behind me too fast and, you know, I'm going to react to that. Uh, I'm going to speed up or I'm going to slow down or I'm going to make an evasive move and get into the next lane. And then I remember what you said, don't let someone else drive your car. And I love that. I think that's a really good statement and something that everybody can remember and having words to live by. You want to talk about that a little more? Sure. So when I say don't let somebody else drive your car for you, when somebody's tailgating you, if you increase their, your speed, guess what they're going to do? They're going to increase your, their speed. So would you be rather be hit at a higher speed or a lower speed? So if you're on a two-lane road and you can't let, you know, you don't, don't speed up for that person because now you've relinquished control of your vehicle to them. You know, find a place where you can maybe safely pull over and let them go by. Now the knucklehead is out of your, your mirror, right? And, and then I have, to, I have to watch myself, too, because I become irritated with drivers that I see are texting or doing really stupid things in their vehicles. And then my focus, I found, has been is now turned to them. So if my focus is turned to them, am I scanning properly? Do I know what's going on around me otherwise? So what I do there in that situation is I'm relinquishing the control of my vehicle to that person. A distracted driver. It, it's distraction. It's causing it's you to be distracted. distracted. Yeah. Exactly, Bob. Yeah, and and I think that is a very good topic that we can discuss, and we can help people with um, with addressing that and recognizing it, and then adjusting their driving appropriately. Yeah, nope, I, I absolutely agree, and I'm looking forward to you know recording some of these, getting some guests on, and um, really coming up with a good lineup of of uh, some exciting topics, um, but also timely topics. And again, the only reason we're doing this is because. You know, we're just a couple of fleet safety geeks who, you know, care about people. We want people to be safe. We want people to get home in the same condition as when they left. Um, and that's really the reason we're doing this. Um, has nothing to do with uh, any self-promoting anything. Um, 
neither one of us are really in the entertainment industry, but hopefully we'll have a podcast that people will find entertaining. Yeah, exactly, Bob. I, I, you know, I keep saying and saying, and I hate crashes. I'm, you know, I've had to, well, not to be dramatic, but I mean, I've dealt with a lot of families who've lost loved ones, you know, just because of the work that I do. And, um, I always realize, you know, when I talk to families, there's nothing I could say or do that's going to make it better for them. And, and people will learn how to cope with the loss of somebody, but they never learn. They never get over it. They never get over it. Uh, and uh, I always tell drivers, don't be selfish. Go home safe every day. Um, that's the most important task everybody accomplishes who drives. They go home safely. And, you know, and then that's the whole, you know, when you we start talking about this, I'm thinking, okay, let's get the word out there. So I, I just, I love this idea. And if we can help some people be safe, fantastic. Absolutely agree. In fact, I think that that should be the sign off of every podcast is don't be selfish, you know, get home safely. So perfect, perfect way to say that. Um, so Phil, that's all I've got for this episode. Um, really, it's just more of an introduction and, and why we're doing this and, and kind of give a preview of what we're going to talk about. You have any parting words for everybody? No, I just hope some uh, people might be able to uh, gain some knowledge from what we're bringing here, and uh, uh, then and then you know share that, right? Um, you know, uh, I tell two friends, you tell two friends, and so on and so on and so on, right? So if we can um, just uh, said, you know, we're we're in a we're in a crisis here in this country as far as safety, and it should not be accepted. We shouldn't accept it. People need to get more in tune with their responsibility of being safe on the road. And I just see too many people who are doing so many unsafe things on the highway. And uh, I certainly hope so. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, these discussions. Um, I'm looking forward to having some guests on who can contribute to uh, getting people home safely. Um, So, with that, we're going to end it here. And Um, Look for our podcast on all the different uh, places. Uh, I believe Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts is where we're going to distribute. We might even uh, throw a YouTube channel out there too. So, um, Phil, thank you for taking the time. Looking forward to future conversations with you. Bob, you know Uh, I always love talking safety with my friend. We'll uh, talk soon. This is fun to do with you. So I appreciate you, buddy. Take care now.